This morning with Stacy Bratzel and Daryl McIntyre on 630 Chat, supported by Abe's Door Service, with 24-7 emergency service where you speak to an actual person. Visit abesdoor.ca. Good morning. Holy, holy hippie music, Batman. That was awesome. Uh, rolling up on 707 here on your Wednesday morning. Once a month, we get an opportunity to just check in with Edmonton's police chief, Dale McPhee, just uh, just just to see where we're at. It's it's a nice little touchstone, I think, that, that we've developed over the last little while. And I know that Jaylen did it with him for, for years, and then she came to the mornings, and then uh, now she's working with the EPS, but we continue to have the conversations. Generally, Stacey would be here as well, but she's off for a few days. So it's just just you and me, Dale, against the world. Away, sorry, I, sh- I shouldn't call you Dale, but I was just thinking Daryl and Dale. But Chief, <laughs> I think you and Dale, me. Dale's fine. Thanks, Daryl. Good morning. How are you? I'm all right, thanks. I appreciate it. Well, you know what, then, it's, you know, it's it's, uh, it's fun to talk about uh, the positive things heading into into the Christmas season. But holy cow, we got a lot on our agenda. I'd like to dive into here, and and as it tends to be with the EPS and with policing in our city, it's some serious stuff. Uh, you really you really jumped in uh, uh, talking in the last few days about the homeless encampments. Obviously, we've had some fires, we've had some deaths. It's it can be a dangerous place uh, for some people. What what sparked your 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 public comments? over the last little while on this. Well, I mean, Daryl, I, I, you know, I think we need a, a, a different approach, and we got to take this different. And I just, obviously, for several reasons, and you know, hearing about the deaths, you know, people burning to death uh, uh, while they're awake is is absolutely uh, something that lasts a long time with first responders, which includes police, fire, EMS, and you know, any of the volunteers that are particularly in those sites. And it and it's sad. And and the reality is, we do not live in a warm climate. And, you know, what have we had, seven or more fires in the last little bit? Two deaths, you know, two seriously, never going to be the same. It's time for a different approach. And, you know, we've seen encampments in the last two years go from when we were at commission from 6,500 to just about 15,000. And, you know, when you say there's no encampments, it starts with zero tolerance because, you know, 20% of people always comply. And we need to start dealing with this, whittle the numbers down if it's people that need housing we connect them. If it's people that need to get home, we connect them. If it's people that need a medical assessment. And on the other side of it, we've got a lot of criminal component in there and right now. And, you know, they choose to be homeless. And, you know, the drugs and stuff that uh, go through those encampments are, are very concerning and certainly not safe for anybody. So from a safety perspective, I just think this uh, needs a different approach. And, you know, we're certainly, if we have to redirect resources, we've told the city that. I know they're working on it, trying to get dedicated resources because it obviously there's a lot of cleanup that goes into these things too but we're heading into a cold season and there's been a minimum of what 1900 2000 propane tanks taken out of those tents in the last little bit you know the acetylene i mean the list goes on it's it's not a safe environment and and i i just uh, i'm really really troubled that people think and not many people think that but some think that this is uh, safe and it quite frankly is anything but safe what what, what is a change in 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 how we deal with this look like because uh, the city or or you folks or whatever will will be accused of of, of harassment of, of of taking away some 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 people's rights etc etc uh, how do you respond to some of those concerns that come up and how do you try to allay some of those fears well first and foremost I mean there's already a bylaw I believe that you're not supposed to 
camp. So I think, uh, you know, if we go in and we look at it that, but if we go in with teams, like it's not a police solely police, it's not fire slowly, it's not um, EMS uh, going in alone. We go in as teams, you know, we have that next triage. The people that want housing, you know, you try to connect the people that need health assessments, the people that need to get home. If you look at this, you whittle the numbers down. Like you don't, by waiting for infrastructure and doing the same thing, this just grows. If you actually go in, get the assessments, deal with it, and just say this isn't okay anymore, it's not safe, uh, you're at least going to get better outcomes than you have right now. And that is more important than who's going to just throw blame at somebody because it, we think it's okay for people to camp in a nylon tent or a plastic tent or a tarp in the middle of winter with open fires. That's just not okay. If it's decided to, to change how we do it, who makes that call? Can you, can, can you individually as a police service start to move in that direction? No, I mean, when we're talking about safety, you know, certainly there's a partnership there. And I think the, 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 the why you have a partnership is you lead with the right authority. When we're talking about fires and we're talking about a lot of this, that's, that's the fire department. But it's not to leave the fire department alone. It's we need to be in there with them because there's obviously, you know, we've cleared up, I think, 8,000 warrants in these encampments in this year alone. Uh, thousands and th- hundreds of thousands of dollars of stolen property and, and obviously hundreds of thousands of dollars of drugs uh, coming out of there as well. So, I mean, we need to go in as a team. EMS has the health, um, you know, the city and the, the cleanup crews. That's an essential part. And then, you know, we've all have navigators now. And then as we presented our last commission meeting, connecting people to services, you know, using people, some of our social workers, some of our not-for-profits. It's a team approach, but the team approach starts with the mission, and the mission is let's make it better than it is, and let's be relentless. And I mean, we we just sit here and we watch these grow, and we we think that we just need to build more units, and that's going to change it. And we've been doing that for how many years? Uh, so it's it's a bit of frustration, but it's also frustration when you're seeing the worst of the worst when people actually burn to death. And uh, I just uh, that's hard for me to sit and not say anything. Uh, I want to talk about uh, some of the gang violence from about a week and a half ago. But before I get to that, I do just want to clarify: uh, Is there a gang problem within some of these encampments? Are are there sort of criminal, not not individual criminals, maybe coming out and targeting people? But are are there gangs running some of that stuff? Is that where some of the danger comes from? There is definitely gangs integrated into the encampments. We've said that often. We're obviously on it. We've uh, built out some additional resources. Uh, we look at that when we go into these encampments. And again, you know, going with zero compliance and actually starting to do this, that's, you know, that's the first element that uh, hopefully we can weed out as teams and, and get them out of that environment because that's a whole other angle of safety that's not, uh, uh, you know, okay. And, and that's the, the trafficking of drugs and the moving of drugs. And the drugs on the street have changed so much. Like, you know, back in the days that everybody thinks that drugs are okay, we were talking about marijuana and cocaine and, you know, and obviously there's concerns with those too, but, you know, we're talking about xylazine that makes your skin fall off, carfentanil, that's for elephants, you know, and and all of these, there's always going to be a different type of drug, but the, the toxicity in relation to the type of drug, not necessarily, and the amounts of drugs in there, uh, that kills people. And it's, it's, it's the, you know, when you talk like that, that's always connected back to gangs and organized crime and everything else, you know, at the source. So we're definitely stepping up that enforcement as well. We need to take a, a quick uh, commercial break, Chief, and I know that you're, you're happy to stick around, and I do appreciate that, because I do want to touch in on on the gang situation in, 
in Edmonton. It's about a week and a half ago that a man was gunned down and his 11-year-old son, uh, which was just just a horrific incident. So I want to dive into what the situation is. That's coming up here in just a couple of minutes with uh, Edmonton Police Chief Dale McPhee. This morning with Stacy Bratzel and Daryl McIntyre on 630 Chen is brought to you by Abe's Door Service, where service is their specialty. Visit abesdoor.ca. 717, once again, our monthly conversation with Edmonton Police Chief Dale McPhee uh, joining us. Thanks for sticking through the commercial break uh, with us. I'd mentioned the uh, the shooting about a, a week and a half ago or so. I've a known, said to be a known gang member, a uh, 41-year-old man shot and killed in in basically broad daylight in a very public area. Uh, you know, so there's one thing I, I don't think people... <clears throat> care sometimes if gang members kill each other. You know, you, you get a hard-hearted feel about it. But when an 11-year-old boy gets caught up in it, and then you you hear from police officers that they believe that this boy was also targeted, not accidentally shot or caught in the crossfire, but actually targeted. How do we know that? I'm not sure how much you can tell us about the investigation, Chief, and I understand that. But how yeah. do we know that the child was targeted? Because that takes it to a whole different level. Well, I mean, when we investigate these things, we use all different uh, types of investigation techniques. And for us to make that statement, for our investigators to make that statement, is they're pretty confident in that. I mean, I don't want to say exactly how we got there because, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's giving away investigative techniques. But, you know, our, our folks who are, do a very, very good job at this are very confident um, that this was the case. Um, that doesn't change the course of the investigation. We still need to find out who the trigger point is. What it does, though is say that, you know, there is always, as you mentioned earlier, you know, a general rule was you don't touch family, right? Mm-hmm. And when you're doing that, um, that's a heightened level of security risk. And, and the other fight, uh, the point of this whole too that you mentioned earlier is the brazen shootings, you know, in the middle of daylight uh, in public areas uh, is also something, I mean, you know, stray bullets. I mean, just think of that in relation to that. So uh, we've stood up, uh, thanks to the province, stood up another gangs team long term which we've been working on for a while we're on the street our goal now is to obviously um, uh, prevent retaliation but when you're talking on a level of organized crime that we're talking here these aren't just located in Edmonton there's connections and tentacles to this across our country and down south as well so this is something that we have to be consistent we have to be on top of and you know ideally what you want to do is, is stop it from happening and yeah. you know and, and first and foremost we need to find the people and hold them accountable with all aspects of the justice system because to your point um, you know this level of violence this type of activity targeting children regardless uh, you know uh, of what the entity is that that's doing it it's not acceptable never has been never will be so we've got a lot of our best people on this right now and uh, you know bottom line is we're going to find them and you know, we need to go, we're going to hold them accountable but in the meantime we also are working to, uh, uh, consistently to try to prevent further but uh, as you know these things could pop up and happen anytime uh, so it's, it's something that uh, we're concerned with the number of shootings and we continue to, to, to dig into it uh, with all hands on deck. Well, I think there was a lot of concerns uh, right off the bat that there might be uh, just just you know for, for most of us we think in terms of the movies right uh, and plots and that kind of thing often based in reality but you worry about then retaliation is there any can you give us an idea whether there's any sort of behind the scenes contact with 
some other area gangs just trying to to take that 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 intensity level down so it doesn't become a tit for tat an eye for an eye oh i can assure you there is without mentioning we're all over that uh, that's exactly what our teams do uh, and they do it proactively and they do it all the time uh, and we will continue to do that and we do that uh, regardless if there is a shooting as well but then it just now when we have this it even steps up even further because i mean our folks are well trained uh, they're very good at their jobs and this is why we need these type of units in large major metropolitan cities and that's what we're going to continue to do so uh yeah we have uh, as i mentioned lots of people on this all hands on deck uh, uh you know that have the, the expertise and the techniques to do what they can to prevent further ones and that's what we're going to continue to do as i said it's unacceptable and adding a child into this just makes it crossing every line you can imagine uh give us an idea in perspective uh we're not the biggest city in north america by a long stretch we're certainly not the biggest crime city or have the biggest gang problem or anything like that uh compared to others across north America. What, you know, are, are we basically average as far as the size of city for the kinds of violence that is in place? Uh, so I'm trying to get a, get a perspective for, are we still a safe city, I guess, in comparison to most others? We're a safe city, and you never want to say you're not a safe city, but one thing that we've been trying to hammer on here, we've always had some of the highest crime stats for a large major metropolitan city. Like we, years ago, were in second or third. We continue to drop, and that's what we continue to do. And the way you do that is you focus on these things, uh, such as these, and you obviously need to solve them. But that's why we're also trying to deal with some of these things out here right now, like in our conference that we just held. It, when they talked about violence, you know, uh, for a large metropolitan city, we had the highest wastewater uh, for meth content in it uh, of all major cities in Canada. So that stuff drives violence. So you not only got to take the people out that are moving the drugs, you got to take the people out that are doing the shootings, but you also got to help, you know, uh, take that supply system out of the people that are using the drugs through the health uh, situations and everything else, which we have partnerships. But it's all hands on deck to deal with this from other angles. Uh, We certainly are probably one of the leaders uh, in that across uh, North America, and we continue to do it. But it it, it needs continue to have people doing this work on a day-by-day basis, because this stuff doesn't, as you know, doesn't change around uh, quickly. (laughs) It needs consistency. Absolutely. There's no magic pills. There's no overnight uh, solutions and no no switches getting flicked. Absolutely correct. Uh, You know what? We're going to run out of time here. I think we already have. Chief McPhee, uh, time flies when we have these conversations. I really appreciate uh, you taking some time and chatting with us, and uh, good to have you. I hope you have a great Christmas. Yeah, you too, Daryl. Thanks very much. And again, as, as I always say, thanks for what you do. It's really important that, uh, you know, we keep our people uh, as our citizens informed, and you do a great job of that. So your efforts are appreciated by all of us. Thank, Thank you. Thanks. It's the Mutual Admiration Club, Daryl and Dale, uh, away here on 630 Chad. Appreciate it. Cheers. Take care. Uh, Chief Dale McPhee with his uh, monthly visit here on 630 Chad with us. Uh, good. What did you think about the conversation? Love to hear some, some of your thoughts on that. 780 is a text line number if you want to jump on in.